Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I think Jimmy had his best spring since we've had him. And, you know, as we had the spring the first year with him, the second year he had the ACL, so we didn't get that. And then last year it was COVID, so this is really a second one, um, not being on an ACL. And um, I thought Jimmy came in in great shape, really locked in, a good place physically and mentally. And I thought he had as good of OTAs as he's had. Kyle Shanahan. Talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy who continues to be on the roster, continues to be on track to be the starter despite everything they gave up to get Trey Lance. And Jimmy Garoppolo comes in much higher than Trey Lance on the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown. He's at number 21. That one surprised me to see Garoppolo's name ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. That is stunning to me. Yeah, well, I think, listen, I think if you put Jimmy Garoppolo on the field in Pittsburgh last year, you would have got the same results, if not better. I, I, you know, again, my, my quarterback rankings is about it's all everybody's playing on the same offense, the same team. And here is my pecking order or my depth chart that way. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, listen, I mean, we know the number one thing about him is, yes, availability. But we know he can execute an offense and take advantage of a lot that's there to be had and help you win football games. And even though, like, the talent isn't, like, top-end, wow, oh, my gosh, the guy knows how to play the game. He has a quick release, and he's got very good feel within the pocket for being a lesser-than-athlete for the 2021, you know, quarterback expectation. Yeah, he's a true pocket passer. There's almost no, like, extending of the play outside the pocket with Jimmy Garoppolo. But... You know, like a Brady, and not to Brady's extent, he can manipulate within the pocket and move and make people miss and throw the ball from different angles and things like that. But the reason he's 21 is because he's not going to deliver, you know, a lot outside the realm of the offense and what's there and put on, you know, a platter by the offensive coordinator. So it's a big year for Jimmy G. I'm not surprised to hear he's doing well, you know, in the mini camps and OTA. He's basically fighting for his career, his job, everything, whether he wants to be a starter next year. All of those things are dictated on the play this year. So we'll see where it goes. And he plays really well this year, and the 49ers are really good, and Trey Lance gets another year on the bench into 2020. 
22. You know, it's not inevitable that Jimmy Garoppolo's body is just going to fracture into a million pieces. People think that he is that fragile. He played all of 2019 all the way through to the Super Bowl. He, he went wire to wire. I mean, th- there's a better chance that he'll play all year than there is he'll miss all year. That's for damn sure. So I, I just I, – I, re- I really think they got freaked out by the fact that they blew it on Patrick Mahomes, they blew it last year on Tom Brady, and they just felt yeah. like they had to do something because they couldn't rely on Jimmy Garoppolo. And the best alternative was – keep Garoppolo, develop another guy, and they just assume at some point over the next couple of years it will become obvious that it's time to move from Garoppolo to Trey Lance, and yeah. maybe it won't. Well, I, I mean, you're right. It, 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 Jimmy's going to have a say in that for sure, and their team is good, so he's going to have you know a chance to, to really have a, a, a loud voice in this conversation. You know, I, I still – you know, I, I think, you know, what you're saying, I, I agree with. I can't dispute any of that. I do think that plays a factor in the situation and where they are and those type of things. You know, I also sit there and look at, you know, again, I just think that, like, w- whatever you want to call it, just the, the, the light popped on whatever, where I think Shanahan, he's got such great confidence within his offense and everything and things like that. And, yeah, we've gotten the Super Bowl with Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think he's realized, too, like, man, I might need a guy that can just – he can make a play, you know, extend a play, do something to take the pressure off me from time to time. And I think that's probably what he saw within the beauty of Trey Lance. And that's why, you know, he got – that. we talked about it during the year last year, got that firsthand experience of looking at Josh Allen going, damn, we're playing perfect defense and he's just tearing us up. And that's the thing with Jimmy G. We've seen that. When the Shanahan offense isn't maybe executing at all levels and they're not dominating in the run game and things like that, he is not the type of talent as far as an athlete – arm power, anything like that, that's going to go, hey, guys, I got it today. Like we were talking about Deshaun Watson. I'll carry you. I'll make plays. I'll do things like that. No. I mean, you see these. These are highlight plays. There's a lot of wobblers being thrown out there. It's not a real strong arm, right? He's not a good deep ball thrower. But, you know, in between the numbers, feel in the pocket, knowing how to execute an offense, all of those type of things. Yes, I think he's slightly better than a Ben Roethlisberger right now at this point of his career. But, you know, there's certainly some question marks. We know that about both guys. The the better Garoppolo plays this year, the better the 49ers do, the more pressure it puts on Trey Lance. It's kind of a Jordan Love situation, not to the same extent because Garoppolo is a far cry from Aaron Rodgers. But we'll feel differently about Garoppolo. Others will feel differently about Garoppolo if he plays well this year and if the 49ers get back to what they were two years ago. Right. Week by week, game by game, victory by victory, our assessment will improve. And there's always going to be this nagging, why did they do what they did? Why did they give up the 12th overall pick and two future first-round picks when they have Jimmy G? They were wrong about Jimmy G. Well, no, because that injury is always around the corner. Look, they, they, they have... They have stepped into a vat of quicksand here that I don't think they quite realize how deep it could go. And they think these are all good problems to have. I still think the best problem is no problem. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different directions that this 49er story can go. You're right. And some of them, there's definitely a, a few avenues of, whoa, that's not good, that's bad, this is bad, that's a disaster. Hey, there's some great ones, too. I don't want to deny that, certainly. You know, their team is in a good spot. But, you know, hey, 
the, 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 the writing's on the wall to a degree, you know. I mean, yeah, the 49ers, you know, they've seen what they've seen from Jimmy G, and they want more. I mean, they, they told us that this offseason. They want more. They were kind of telling us that last offseason. You know, just only the Brady situation was the only thing that presented itself, and obviously they, they didn't want to do it for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see. It is. And Jimmy G, he's a tough one. He is for the fact of not playing uh, and, and all of those issues. It, it is a real aspect of his game. I mean, yeah, he played that full season two years ago, but hurt last year, hurt the year before the Super Bowl, hurt the year before that in New England. And that would scare me a little bit, too, if I was the head coach of a football team. The guy who replaced Tom Brady in New England, Cam Newton, he comes in at number 20. Yeah. Chris Sims, top 40 quarterback. Mm-hmm countdown he's another guy who has a rookie looming 15th overall pick mac jones the guy that many thought would be the pick at number three overall after the 49ers traded up mac jones has looked good at times in the offseason cam newton looked good at times last year i still think the COVID 19 thing is what screwed him up right and they really like him that's why i'm so confused by the fact that they took mac jones maybe they just thought we couldn't refuse a guy who fell into our laps at 15 they really like cam newton and I think 20 is a good spot for him. I think he could go up from there this year if he can stay healthy and if he can continue his development in that offense. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're, you know, I'm in the area here with Big Ben, Garoppolo, Cam Newton. There's some guys coming up on the list. It's just, yeah, there's some question marks. You know, it's, it's not the easiest placement of some of these guys. You know, yeah, some of it is projection and things like that and feel for – you know, where they are in their career and those type of things, piecing things together, no doubt about it. Yeah, they drafted Mac Jones in the first round, but it's New England. They're also always playing chess. They're thinking about years ahead of this and the, and the big picture's a thing. Also realizing Cam, hey, he does have an injury history too, you know, and, you know, again, we've seen him get hurt, not play the best last year to where they're protecting themselves in case it's not good again you know, this year to where they have something for the future. That's New England. But, like, Cam Newton's still good. He's still, again, I think we have to get into the conversation of stop evaluating every guy the same through the, like, oh, the pure quarterback drop-back passing lens. No, it's 2021. The position's changed a little bit, everybody. Get over it. Cam Newton is like a force of nature. It's not about necessarily how he picks you apart and those type of things. The beauty of Cam Newton is the effect he has on the game, the pressure he puts on the defense that we talk about so much, right? And the passing stats, yeah, they're not great. I get it, you know? But when you add the rushing stats to it, 12 touchdown rushes, oh, now it's only he's it's it's 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. It's not that bad, let alone – you know, he helped out a, a number of different things in that offense, too, that will not statistically be acknowledged. You know, he helps out their running game. He helps out their offensive line. And here's the last reason why maybe just from pure quarterback play, he's not playing as good as Jimmy G or Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, maybe not. Maybe they have the edge there. But where they don't have the edge and even the same stratosphere is Cam Newton's presence, leadership, the things he brings on the field that we constantly hear about, that New England is constantly waxing poetically about. So there's obviously something in New England out there that they see and they like, and last year was a weird year, to your point, with the COVID and a bunch of other things. So I'm expecting a better Cam Newton. There's no doubt about that, and let's not disrespect him too much. He's still a force of nature. 
MVP in 2015, banged up a lot, and I, I, I think that he can be a lot better than he was last year. Yeah. And he can take the Patriots a lot farther than people expect. He's got weapons now. Yes. But what did we witness the first few days of free agency? The shopping spree by Bill Belichick to address those weaknesses offensively. And and if you don't have great receivers, it makes it harder to make the offense go from a passing standpoint. So I, I agree with you. I like the placement of Cam Newton. And and I think that, that he's still got plenty of good football left in him. He's only been in the NFL for 10 seasons. Yeah. I mean, that that's half of the time that Tom Brady's been in the league. Let's not wipe away, you know, what he did early in the year before COVID. Like, he was throwing the ball great right then. Everybody was going, oh, see, it was Belichick. It's not Brady. It's holy cow. We didn't need Brady. We would have wanted – I mean, literally, that's what everybody was saying. And then COVID hit, and he, of course, really, you know, got flustered, didn't throw the ball well, lost his, like, mechanics, his feel, things like that, and it became an issue. But here, okay, here's some other things, too, though, that I think are, like, you know, really positives. You know, we can go through some games last year – and, again, there was no room for error for this team. You know, the defense was good, but it was not great. They had issues. The offense had to play a certain way to kind of help the defense. The offense also had to play a certain way because, like you talked about, there was lack of weapons and receivers, and Cam Newton didn't have the knowledge of the offense that Tom Brady did being in that offense for 19, 20 years, whatever it is. So he couldn't take advantage of all the schemes and things like that. But there's a number of games you can go through with Cam Newton and look back at it and go, and you'll never hear these phrases attached to his name. He managed and played the game perfectly, like made zero mistakes and made some plays that, of course, helped the team. You know, I could think about the Jets game. You know, it wasn't easy. They didn't play well. He played perfect and brought them back to win the game with like no room for error. If they mess up at all, they're going to lose. The Ravens game the week after, there's a number of games where he played the position really well without a lot of talent around him. And, yeah, the throwing, there was some some misses, there's no doubt. But I, I just have a confidence that he'll fix that because I've seen him throw the ball at a really, really high level a number of times in his career. And you mentioned that leadership factor. I know the Patriots believed he was the perfect guy to follow Tom Brady. A different style, a yeah. different approach. Right. Commanded the locker room and, and gives him an edge to be the starter in 2021, which leads to this question with Trey Lance behind number 21, Jimmy Garoppolo and Mac Jones behind number 20, Cam Newton. Who starts a game first, Lance or Jones? I'm, I'm going to go with Lance. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I think, on injury. I th I'm betting on injury a little bit. And, and you know what? I think we'll see Lance first anyways, because of like all the things you talked about and the pressure around that situation. I will at least say I think we see him on the field first in some capacity, a package to get the fans excited, get him a little experience, all those things. I don't know. In New England with that situation and everything there, you know, I, I don't think we see Mac Jones unless there's an injury or, or Cam Newton really struggles like mightily that way. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, I favor Trey Lance in that conversation uh, a little bit more than Mac Jones. I think it's going to be Mac Jones first, so we'll see. Okay. We won't remember any of this. We, we raise these questions about, hey, what's going to happen? What's going to be this? And then we just move on to the next day, and by the time it ever happens, we have long forgotten the thing we talked about, but that's just kind of the way it goes for everybody. Let's take a break. How's it going to go for Kellen Mond in Minnesota? Kirk Cousins 
promises to be an open book. There may be certain pages that Mon wants to rip out of that book, though. We'll discuss that next on BFD Live. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted where I felt adventure's pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. What he does is he sits back there with Flip when Andy's in there running the show, and he's back there repeating every word, and he's flipping it, and he's going through in his mind um, how to call the play, like he's in the huddle. He just, he has that mentality of rip your heart out. And, and so there's a couple plays in there, and not just today, but other days, where these quarterbacks are, are staying aggressive. And you got to see a taste of that today with Justin, and he made the nice throw to Demir down the sideline, and that ball just took off. Matt Nagy, Bears coach, praising Justin Fields with the rip your heart out mentality. What's more likely, Chris? The Bears quarterback situation with Dalton and Fields plays out like the 2017 Chiefs, where Patrick Mahomes was on the bench until a meaningless game in Week 17, or the 2020 Chargers, where, well... I don't Minus Doctor Needle. I don't know that Doctor Needle is involved. We don't need that. What is Matt Casey's trying to put the hex on Andy Dalton? Will, be, will the doctor stick a needle in his lung and make him not able to play? <laughs> no. But uh, let, let's just say Fields finds a way onto the field, regardless of whether it's Doctor Needle or some other yeah basis. For some that other change. needle, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go with the 2020 Chargers model there. You know, and the fact that we're going to see Justin Fields. You know, a little like we talked about with the 49ers situation and all that, you know, maybe even to a greater degree. One, like Andy Dalton doesn't have, you know, Super Bowl starting quarterback next to his name, right? And then the other thing I just look at too, you know, with that, so the Bears fans are somewhat underwhelmed is my point with Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback. And Justin Fields is a huge name, was the quarterback of a power school in Ohio State, and they traded big-time assets to, to get him at pick number 11. So I just think there's... There's no chance we don't see him. We're going to see Justin Fields this year. Now, you know, I, I looked into this last week, and we talked about it during the show, and I eventually wrote something about it at PFT. Andy Dalton is the week one starter. Right. He's been told that. Now, they could renege. They, they could decide. Or they could just bring in Dr. Needle after the third preseason game, as the case may be. But Dalton, when he signed, was told he's the guy to start the season. Doesn't mean he's the guy to finish this season. I I think that at some point we saw that stretch of games, week 
six, seven, eight, nine, I believe. Four very difficult games, if memory serves, and it rarely does. I think the Packers are in there. The Steelers are in there. By the time they get to their bye week, there's a damn good chance the Bears are going to be in a spot where they need the kick in the ass that comes from putting Justin Fields into the mix. And they'll get that two weeks to get him ready after nine of the games are played, and there's still eight to go. I, I, I think that that it, it's just a matter of time before Fields takes over. I, I do currently believe it'll be Dalton week yeah, one. Yeah, I do too. But I, but I think we'll see Fields at some point. Most likely, again, I'm watching that week 10 bye because they're going to come into that that bye with four very difficult games. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think your assessments there, assessment there is, is, is pretty good. I mean, and, you know, also the last thing that I would just say that kind of jumped out to what you said too, like that boost, that jump, that kick in the butt, whatever, and it, whatever it is you're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, we've been underwhelmed by their offense in the Matt Nagy area, era. That's why it's a little bit like Justin Fields can give an element that could maybe spice and juice things up a little bit to a degree because of his skill set and his running and things like that. So that's where I, I just – yeah, Andy Dalton will start week one. I, I, I wouldn't – that doesn't mean you're starting the third series of week one game either or the second series of the week two game. Uh, you know, there's, there's definitely some wiggle room in, in that statement. I think he gets week one, yeah. and he gets week two against the Bengals. For sure. And then right? after that, we'll see. who knows? Right. And isn't that when Dr. Needle showed up? Didn't he show up in week three? I thought he, I don't know. I thought it was early. It was week one. Yeah. I think it was right it before was the opening kickoff, wasn't it? Aren't I correct there? Week two. Oh, it was week, week two. two. It was week Dr. two. Needle it was the was Chiefs the game. Scene. You're right. That's what it was. Yep. Kirk Cousins has an understudy now who could have been Justin Fields. Instead, it's Kellen Mond. Here's Cousins speaking about his plan to assist Mond in his adjustment to life in the NFL. You know, there was good communication through the process, and um, uh, Kellen's been great, you know, working hard and uh, picking up our offense quickly. So it's been a good process, and, um, you know, we're uh, just kind of building this thing right now to uh, uh, keep ramping up as we get closer to September. You know, you're an open book. You're uh, you're helpful and and you're there and um, make yourself available and um, you know I had Rex Grossman when I was a rookie and Rex had played in a Super Bowl and won a lot of playoff games and started a lot of games in in the NFL and um, was in year 10 so it was great to be able to learn from him and he was a big part of my early development as a football player and I really you know took every word that he said to heart because I felt like he had been there he had done that he knew what it should look like and I hung on his every word, so um, you know I've I've been there and and um, want to certainly be that same resource whenever possible. Okay, what's more likely, Kirk Cousins' performance this year makes it clear he'll be getting another contract to stay in Minnesota beyond 2022, or it'll be clear by the end of the season that Kellen Mond is the future as of next year. Uh, I mean, I I almost want to say like neither, but like hear me out. Okay, I'm going to say that. The second part, but I don't necessarily – I'm going to say that's Kellen Mond, but not necessarily the way that's written out there. Like, to me, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a good year. Hey, he's smart. He knows how to play the game. They got two good receivers. They got one of the best running attacks in football. I don't think there's going to be anything there looking at it like that. But I do think Minnesota's not going to let them hold their, feet over the fi- hold their feet over the fire for, like, this huge monster contract. And he could be one of those guys where they go, like you talked about, where we go, he's good – but he's not special. 
He's not going to carry us. We're not going to pay him $40 million a year. We got a guy that's much less expensive and just as talented. We're going to go with that. That's where I think this could all go, and that's where I'll put my money on that, that question. Uh, your, your turn. I, I, I agree with you. Look, this is a playoff year for the Vikings based upon the high-level analytics of they make it to the playoffs every other year. <laughs> 15, 17, 19, 21. They're due this year. Cousins has a good year. But next year, when they encounter difficulty, adversity, Cousins starts the year as the starter. Mond has quietly been developing. They get an opportunity to put Mond in the game, and Mond takes over from there, and then he's the guy for 2023, week one and beyond. I think that's the way it's more likely to go because, look, they're not going to extend Cousins. He said he doesn't want an extension. He wants to play out these two years, and then he's going to hit the open market, and I don't think the Vikings want to compete on the open market to keep Kirk Cousins. And who knows who's going to want him at that point? Yeah, right. Who knows who's going to pay him big money? The 49ers have their future set, and the Rams likely do too. Those would be the two primary candidates. All right, last one real quickly. Dak Prescott says that he buried thoughts of his ankle injury a month ago on the dance floor. So what's more likely, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense pick up where they left off before the injury, or Dallas has a role reversal and the defense has to carry them early in the year? Well, I I can't see that happening. I think the defense will be better with Dan Quinn, but no, it's still about the offense. That's where the money, the resources, the talent, everything about the Cowboys says offense, you have to be the star of the show and kind of carry the team. I would expect that. It's a pretty good system. He's a damn good quarterback. It's receivers galore. It's a good all-line. It's the running backs are good. Like It's got to be about that Cowboys offense, and I expect it to pick up where it left off. Yeah, you know, I do too. And by all indications, Dak is going to be fine. He's still got several more months. Their offense is what's going to make that team go or not go. And the defense, it doesn't have to be much better than last year for them to be a contender. We'll see if it's any better than it was in 2020. Let's take a break. When we return, we're going to go back to the AFC East, drafting the best non-quarterbacks in a division that doesn't nearly have the superstars that some of the other divisions have. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now, I don't need to go to Mars. Because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then, I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Poor Mike. I mean, I want Mike to think about what he's going through in life. You've aged his ass 10 years. (laughs) 
And so what do you think you've done to me? <laughs> so tell Mike, you know, I've had you for a lifetime. And he's only dealt with you for a couple of years. So, okay, I Great don't feel point. sorry for him. All right. Great fact, point. Okay. I just got, I feel better now. Okay, good, good. I'm glad you got that off your chest. You're right. Yeah, that, so you make sure you tell him. You know, I don't want to hear him moaning and crying about you uh, being a pain in the ass. Right. And, oh, I, 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 hey, he should celebrate that you don't work Fridays. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Friday for me because it's the last day of this week. I have to deal with Chris. He'll be off tomorrow because it's Friday for him. Literally, it's time for the draft. Best non-quarterbacks in the AFC East. Trivia question for you, Chris. Name the Giants and Jets to make cameo appearances in the Sopranos. One of each. One of each. I know Man. one of them. I know, like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I watched The Sopranos back in the day. I, I'm not as good as like you and Matt Casey, who I think still watch like reruns and all that. All right, man, who was the Jets guy? I, I want to say I'm going to go with Michael Strahan on The Sopranos. Is that right? No, of the Jets? No, no the Giants, of course. Right. I'm wrong about that, anyways. Yeah. All right, the Jets. I was going to go. I'm trying to think of the time period of what makes sense there. I, I really do not remember. Think time period and ethnicity. Oh, oh. So you're telling me there was an Italian stallion on the Jets that I can't think of there that I'm, I'm missing? All right, I give I up. I'm wrong. I don't Who know that he, anyone called him a stallion, especially not Bill Belichick. Eric Mangini. Oh, Mangini. That's right. Man, I – yeah. Uh, what were they at, like and, the restaurant, and he sees him there for the first time, right? Isn't that what happens? They were at Vesuvio, and he went to say hi to uh, the man genius. Also, Sir Lawrence of the Meadowlands for the Giants, a guy who recently signed a jersey, bad mother something. It was Lawrence, poker. huh? Yeah, man. Yes. You know, I, I, gosh, I thought I remembered Lawrence in there, but I couldn't remember, so I went with Michael Strahan. But uh, all right, good. Yeah, that's, that's Any given Sunday, not a great movie, but Lawrence Taylor was really good in that. Well, yeah. I mean, he played himself. I mean, so it wasn't hard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he got to play a crazy psycho outside linebacker in a lot of ways. Uh, so, yeah, agreed. Lawrence was pretty damn good in it for sure. All right, I'm glad I got the first pick in this one because there's one guy that stands out above all others, and then it gets difficult. Give me Stephon Diggs. After that, who the hell knows? But I'm taking Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think he is certainly right there in the the conversation for that. Um, you know, he's just too. Do he's he's the best receiver, and I guess he really. You know, you look at it and you go, he's the the best maybe offensive weapon in the division at least right now as we sit here. So uh, I, I'm not mad at you. He was one of the first. He was the first name I wrote down too, Mike. Um, I'm going to go with Xavier Howard. I think that's the next guy I'm going with. You know, it's a, without a doubt, one of the best corners in football. Got the best ball skills out of any corner in football. That's for sure. I mean, catches the ball like a wide receiver. Ball gets around him, catches it. You know, plays a lot of man-to-man -man coverage in that Brian Flores scheme. So he covers the, the top receiver, the second receiver, follows him around the field, all of those type of things. Xavier Howard, in all facets of coverage, is phenomenal. So uh, I'll go with him. That was my second guy, uh, without question. Very, very good. Look at this pick back. here, Check Mike. Out the catch. I remember Check this one with Mahomes. Mahomes with the throw. And uh, you don't see DBs make takes, catches like that. Takes it away from Tyreek Hill. Uh, wow. Yeah. Pulling it in with his right arm, tucking it away and hitting the ground and holding on to it. I I'm going to go with the guy that the Patriots have done their best to hide. I am. 
And and even though they applied the second round tender, nobody offered him a contract. I guess they thought it, the Patriots would match it. I don't know. He'll yeah. be an unrestricted free agent next year. J.C. Jackson, I think he overcame Stephon Gilmore last year. Uh, the interception totals were tied I think with he or was, close to yeah, Xavier right there Howard. with Xavier right Howard, behind. no doubt. But but they, they've done their best. Not a starter. Wasn't on the Pro Bowl roster. Right. Uh, but uh, it's it I I it's it's clear that that he's a legitimate piece of that defense, and they're going to have a hell of a decision to make after this year because I don't think he's going to fall in line with the Patriot way and and take whatever they offer and just be happy to stay in New England. No, that's right. I mean, he's a – I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. J.C. Jackson, was he a free agent or late-round pick, right? Uh, or I can't remember. Undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent. Undrafted. Where this is, again, where you're scouting and due diligence. I mean, this guy was one of the top recruits. Yeah, he had a little few off-the-field issues in college. That's really what led him to being undrafted. He had, a, he had a transfer, schools, all those things. But New England, knowing all that information and recognizing the talent, never kept their eye off of him. And I'm with you. You know, I mean, we, remember me talking about it last year? They would start McCourty the first drive of the game. And I'd go, well, there, McCourty let three pat catches for a touchdown, and now they're down 7 nothing because, yeah, they wanted to be able to say J.C. Jackson wasn't starting for contract negotiation purposes. Hey, what? And let's fast forward. Let's yeah. say they get to the Super Bowl. Will J.C. Jackson be curiously benched the entire game as he heads to free agency like Malcolm Butler was four years ago? I say that only half-joking. It is. It's, you never know. I mean, it, you're right. You never know, and it, you can break. You know, a really, who knows? A, a simple rule, anything. You never know. With Bill, he'll, he'll, he could, he could, you know, hold everybody accountable that way. I, I think I gotta, man. I, I don't really want to do this, but I, I think I gotta go the corner opposite of J.C. Jackson. I gotta go Stephon Gilmore. I do. I mean, he's still for me. He's still one of the five best corners in the game. You know, and I, I listen. I think J, you know the two guys in Baltimore, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard. The two guys you just mentioned, I don't know. Those might be, and Jair Alexander, those might be the top corners in the game for me right now. But Gilmore, you know, a little bit of a down year last year. We know that. He had the injury, missed some games and all that. But still, I mean, top-notch player. I don't know if this will be the last year in New England or whatever, but he's still got some really good years left in front of him. Still has his speed, still tackles willingly. He's smart with how he plays the position and everything like that. And just like the other guys, he's an island corner. Oh, I got this guy? Cool. All right, coach, do whatever you got to do with the rest of the defense. Uh, I always love those kind of corners. One of the few guys Belichick paid market value to before this year yeah. and uh, worked out well. After seeing him for five years with the Bills, they knew exactly what they were getting, and he's taken his game to an even higher level. So I like that one. I'm going to go Quinn and Williams next. I want to give the big guys some love. Look, it's hard when you're an interior defensive lineman to justify that that draft status unless you're Aaron Donald. You don't get a ton of, of, of sacks. I, I feel like he's moving in the right direction, yeah. though. I think we saw some of it last year, and now that they get some better players around him right. and, and maybe get a little better offense, so you're in some better situations on defense where you're not getting steamrolled and, and the offense is pressing and maybe you can disrupt even more and pin the ears back as defensive linemen do when you actually have a lead in a game. I think we're going to see even more from Williams this year. Agreed. He was, he was, he was borderline dominant at the end of the year. You know, yeah, you asked the Rams how they how they felt about Quentin Williams when the when the the Jets beat them that day. How they couldn't two guys couldn't block him. You know, he he I think really like you're saying kind of took that step to go like okay, 
he looks like a top five pick now. Like he, I, I think he's there. And your points, I think, with the supporting cast around him are only uh, are correct. One, the defensive scheme, I think, will fit him. Two, hey, now the defensive line's got to think about Sheldon Rankins and Carl Lawson, you know, rushing the quarterback and blocking them. So he should be able to see some favorable matchups. But I, I, I think there's a good chance we're talking about him as one of the better D linemen in football when this season's over. Um, all right, I'm going to stay with the Jets, too. I'm going to give another – I'm going to give E.J. Mosley – a little love here. A guy that's long forgotten. You know, t- hurt his groin yeah, two you years forgot, ago. Yeah, you've forgotten his first initial. He's been gone for so long. I, 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 what did I say? You said EJ. What what, 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 what the hell is this? CJ. Oh, my gosh. CJ. I'm an idiot. Yeah, CJ, see, it's been EJ, that they long, know. you know. They, they, they know. They oh, know. my gosh. I don't know where I had that name in my head. But, yeah, CJ Mosley. I mean, he had that groin injury, right, two years ago. Last year, he opted out. You know, again, it's I don't know exactly where he is, but I can't imagine he's fallen off a cliff to the point to where he's still not one of the better inside linebackers in football. I mean, that's Remember what, week one, 2019, he was they were phenomenal. Nothing in the first half. He was phenomenal. He injured the groin and, and the they, whole they year fell, fell apart. apart. Right. Exactly right. So, I, I mean, again, he was so good before that. And uh, I would have a hard time thinking he's not going to be real good again this year. You know, I had him on the list, but I thought. I thought if I pick him, you're going to give me a hard time because he hasn't done anything. I know. No, I know. Years. No, I think he's too talented. And I just, he's not old enough for me to think, oh, the year out of the game hurt him or anything like that. So I'm, I'm playing he's back with vengeance this year. I hate to go back to the Patriots because they had two guys on already, but mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. The Jets just went back to back. Hey, John U. Smith, the first guy that they signed just minutes into free agency. He, he was great with the Titans last year, underrated because you got Derrick Henry and you got AJ Brown, you got Ryan Tannehill. But I, I, I think that was a great move by the Patriots. We know how important the tight end is in their offense. He's got Hunter Henry there to take some heat off. I think Henry and Smith together will be great. I think Smith, even though Henry got the franchise tag with the Chargers, so you end up thinking he's better better than someone who never did, I still think Smith, right now, a notch above. Right now, a guy who's ready to explode and become household name in New England and possibly beyond. Yeah, agree. I mean, they gave him more guaranteed money than Henry. You know, I know it was one more year on the contract, but I think that does say something to what they think the talent of that guy is. You know, and yes, I think this is Jonu Smith – from a talent standpoint, is up there as far as the physical ability of all the good tight ends in football. Now he's going to be in an offense and everything that really knows how to use them and things like that to where I think he, he you know, shows everybody what he's got. You know, the, when you sit here and do this exercise, I, I have the most Patriots written down. The Patriots team is the one that has more than any other team to me. You know, and I'm, I'm going to go back to them. You know, because as I sit here right now, the best edge defender in the division is Matt Judon, who also was just signed by the Patriots. You know, I know there's Carl Lawson with the Jets. You know, maybe the Dolphins with Jalen Phillips, who I'm honestly thinking about their first-round pick, taking him here as this draft continues. But, you know, I just look at Matt Judon, and yeah, maybe he's not going to be a 12, 14 sacks a year type guy, but it's going to be a lot of 8 and 10 and a lot of other great things he does for your defense that don't go on the stat sheet. And that's why Belichick and them signed him and like him. So I'll go Matt Judon. You know, I'm really, really stuck here. Yeah. We've got one Buffalo Bill. Tredavious so White's on the board still. I know. I'm thinking about him, but he he's not the guy that he was before he got no. his extension. No. So I'll go Makai Becton. Okay. I like what he did last year, yeah. and I like what he's going to do as he continues to develop in his NFL career. 
Uh, that that's three Jets and one Bill. Um, oh boy, uh, I, I and and only one Dolphin, and they're on the cusp as well. But I got I got to go Makai Becton. I, that's the guy that I would take out of all the names left. It's it's a division that lacks superstars, but has a whole lot of good and depth. That's what I think when you look at these teams, you just go, man, they're well constructed. It might not be these superstar headline type of guys, but you just go, wow, good player, good player. I'm stuck between. You know, there's Tredavious. Trent Brown is in the division, which I still think he's going to be one of the better right tackles of football. All right, I'm going to go with Byron Jones down in Miami. I'm going another damn corner. I mean, you just tell you, Byron Jones, when healthy, to me, is, again, in that conversation with some of the other corners we've talked about here. Last year, he played through injuries. But, man, he there's a reason the Dolphins paid him a boatload of money because he's an island guy that can cover anybody in football. So I'll go with him there. It was a tough one. It's close between these other guys. This was the toughest division so far. It, it, there, there aren't superstars beyond yeah. Stephon Diggs and maybe Xavier Howard. It's very difficult to put it together. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. There's Ryan Fitzpatrick and his beard and a friend in his beard. That cicada blends in very well. Really He's got does. a cicada-colored beard. He's got no problem with that creature on his face. You know, those things are considered delicacies. I can't imagine. What? Can't imagine. People eat them. They Ugh. eat them. Yeah, that's not, disgusting. Not live. Or raw, no, I, mean, I know. I mean, not live. I hope not live. But, like, I, I, we haven't had the cicada thing up here yet this year. I don't know if we're having it or not. I lived in Nashville one year where, where we had it. It was like an alarm went off all day long. It's the craziest thing ever. And those little shells are everywhere. everywhere. When they pile up. They stink. Yeah. On that happy note, enjoy your Thursday. See ya. It's my Friday. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota. So little time.